Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with me today, Leo, author of Vaults of Varn. Leo, welcome. Uh, thank you, Loga. I'm glad to be on the show. It's good to have you. Now, let's start this off by asking, can you tell us about Vaults of Varn? There's, there's quite a few issues out now that you've authored, correct? Yeah, sure. So Vaults of Varn is something I started about a year ago, um, and it was originally the record of sort of my home campaign. Um, <laughs> and the very, like, the very 10 kind of thing is that it's sort of science fantasy set in a kind of blue desert at the very end of time on a planet orbiting a sort of dying red giant. Um, but it's a kind of medieval-y, like, fantasy world, kind of, with sort of fungus men and talking animals and stuff like that. It, it's kind of influenced by Dune and the work of Mobius, uh, stuff like that. I like Mobius. Mobius is pretty, I guess, some pretty amazing art there. So, uh, oh, yeah, sure. One, I think one of the best like fantasy sci fi artists who's ever lived, uh, not even close to being like any competition, um, <laughs> in, in, my, in my opinion, just so, so influential. Um, so, like, yeah, that's the kind of he's the kind of visual touch point for Votsavan, basically, is that kind of colorful, slightly whimsical, surreal, like science fiction like artwork. No, but am I, am, I, am I remembering correctly that maybe the first place I ran into Mobius was possibly some old heavy metal comics back in the day or, 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 or... yeah, that's correct. Yeah. He was, he's, he was pretty well known for like, yeah, heavy metal. Um, I think Arzak like ran in, in the, um, the Encal may have done. I'm not, I'm not sure. I have to admit, I've never actually read any of the issues of heavy metal, but I know that he's like one of the main artists associated with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was lucky that growing up in the 80s, my uncle had like uh, a huge like chest full of old heavy metal comics. And when oh, I discovered really? those in like junior high, like blew my mind, like, oh, my goodness, look what's in here. I couldn't believe some of this stuff. <laughs> so that was a uh, formative years when I ran into those. We'll say it was it was pretty good stuff. So I, yeah, I appreciate Mobius. Good stuff. Now, let's talk about making zines for a minute. Would that yeah, be cool? Sure. I'd like Absolutely. to know, like, 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 are these, have you done zines before you did Vaults of Arn or is this, was this your first attempt or what got you into that? My very, very first self-published stuff was when I was a much younger teenager. Um, I published these, like, I, I guess they were zines. I called them mini comics. Yes. Um, I was about like 15 or whatever. And they were probably, I don't want to say they're the worst zine ever made, but they they may have been. They were they were done on like one side of printer paper, which mm. I then would like cut up and like staple. That's exactly what a zine is, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what sure. I what they were for years. I love it. That's that's a zine. <laughs> yeah, that's like the original the original zine. Yeah, so that that was like my very first Toda thing, and then I didn't do anything else until like last year, uh, where I I kind of like I finally got Affinity Publisher and just started like trying to see what i could do with that and it went from there basically that affinity publisher i like i speaking to a lot of people about it lately i i i, I worked in design for years and i got rid of mm. all adobe stuff and i only use affinity stuff now for my use I, I love it it's great it's accessible and it's not costing you you know <laughs> the amount of rent for the year to use the software oh <laughs> uh, yeah for sure i mean i I could go on all day about the Adobe model and it's it's poisonous in my opinion. And like, yeah, I, I think any software, my bare minimum is I only want to pay for it once. And that's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah, but that, that was kind of my gateway into like, I, I was always like interested in like graphic design and art and stuff. But I, 
you know, when you just got a word processor, um, you can't quite like get it looking like you want to. And that was, that was the, the design software was like really important to me to starting doing zines properly, basically. So when it came to getting them printed out, how did you, how did you approach to the actual getting the print copies going and stuff like that? So um, originally for Volsavan, I, I knew I wanted to have some print copies, but I didn't really know like how many to make or really how to do it. So my very, the very first ones are done through Lulu, which is like the, that print on, it's a print on demand site. Yes. I get um, a lot of, I get a lot of stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So um, Lulu was like my very first foray into it. And um, there were a couple of things about it that there's some stuff about Lulu that I liked. There were things that I didn't like, you don't really choose the paper and it doesn't print on the inside of the front covers, which like I wasn't, I'm, I'm fussy about stuff like that. So I was like, <laughs> I need to find some better way of doing this. Because if you've got a limited page count as well, like I think every single surface you can put stuff on, uh, to me, like that's important, right? So. Oh, yeah. And a lot of these zines are really, that I've been looking at lately, that really take advantage of that limited mm. stuff. Like even like the bigger things like Knock that's been coming out where every square inch, even on the covers and stuff is just jam packed full of great stuff for a game i love it it's a cool new trend coming up yeah for sure i i recently have i've seen like a, a treasure table on like a the band that like keeps the zines together and stuff which <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like that's that's neat um i haven't seen that's yeah. cool <laughs> I yeah that's um what's it called duff there's like a duff compilation and the the band that holds all the zines together has got like a treasure table for the dungeon on which um i i'm, I'm i like i like that <laughs> I do. I do too. So I'm, I'm, I'm a real big fan of like all these zines coming out to me. I've always collected stuff. Mm. <clears throat> when I was little in the early eighties, I would walk to the corner store with like my quarter and my 50 cents and buy a little pack of bubble gum and collect the, or not bubble gum, baseball cards with the bubble gum. It was all about the gum, but I'd collect those little cards and I, I collected tons of comics. I'd get from the groceries, like growing up, like you get them at the comic racks and in a way I kind of feel like my current form of collecting went to role-playing books. And now it's kind of landed in that zine section where they got these cool little awesome pieces of work, artwork. Like it, it, they are art. A lot of these things people are putting out amazing zines oh, and sure. I'm a fan. And I think you might be into zines too. Cause you were talking about doing something as well, besides making your own zine. <laughs> yeah, it was indeed. Um, yeah. So I think part of the, stimulus for me being on the show in the first place was literally yesterday I just co-founded Antipode Zines which is going to be like an online kind of zine store like uh, distribution uh, which I'm really excited about um, like obviously I've been selling my own stuff for like uh, more than a year now through uh, a different web, like web service and it's been going pretty well like it's been you know uh, positive like connecting with people like something that I enjoy doing and me and my partner have just been talking more and more about like, well, if you're already doing all this, why don't you sell other people's stuff as well? Because, you know, I, I really like not just tabletop role-playing zines, but like uh, mini comics and like small press comics, like poetry, uh, like kind of art and design stuff. Like there's, there's loads and loads of like really incredible uh, kind of self-published and small press stuff out there now, uh, like internationally and in the UK and, I just thought like I, you know, I can I can curate it. I can sell that to people. Like I, I really want to do it. So that's what it's all about. <laughs> You're in the you are in the UK, correct? 
Yeah, yeah, we're UK so, based. Yeah. So the district, so this is kind of focused, would be focused mostly on UK distribution, right? Well, I, I in terms of in terms of that, I, I will accept orders from anywhere. I'll, I'll ship to anywhere we can yeah. ship to. <laughs> Obviously, um, I mean, we could again, we could, I'm sure we could talk for half an hour about shipping at the moment because, like, obviously one of the big barriers at the minute is like postage is expensive um yes. you know if you're in the united states unfortunately buying from us it's not going to be super cheap um in terms of the postage but you know i, I at the same time i've had quite a, a big custom for Volkswagen from the states so like i'm you know i'm hoping some people will still kind of uh, take the plunge but yeah obviously the uk is going to be the primary market and kind of europe to an extent as well i do purchase uh, game books and zines from europe quite often usually i like to get like a bigger order in so i'm not just buying a book and it's like okay i'm gonna see how many here i can fit with the so price i of- I, yeah. I think that's actually that's a good point that's key is that like with, with these like stores like antipodes like the idea is it's all going to be in one place so you can make one basket up and then you know yes the the shipping won't be as much like compared to going to all the separate stores and kind of like buying one thing at a time yeah Uh, there you go great great argument thank you logo that's exactly (laughs) why that's exactly why we need to exist yeah from us well and also (laughs) like with the that like we have some u.s based zine distros Mm. out here and i that i know are it's and i've seen the discussions online and people over Mm. in the uk and other places complain about the shipping and stuff coming from the u.s so there really is a, a need i feel like for more regionally for more of these places to pop up I'm going to bring something up that uh, just out of the blue, I'm going to mm-hmm. hit you with a, with one from left field. Sure. There was a discussion on, on one of the, the, the internet uh, social media groups recently that we had gotten into about a desire to like, why not create some sort of um, collaborative distribution of zines between countries where certain places like 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 are printing out and sending out other people's zines maybe from the u.s over there etc etc and vice versa like the the same distros other distros would print out and send out around here that eliminating shipping issues and things like that and being able to help each other distribute work and be able to work with each other to you know benefit from it everyone so that was kind of an interesting discussion i don't know if that was (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I think stuff like that is probably is pretty smart. Like, as, as long as you, you know, as long as you trust me to print it like to a decent standard, which, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just going to be printing stuff at the same, at the same place I do my own materials. So I, I do know how to work with them. I think that makes sense in, in, in some ways, as long as you're like, uh, you, you got it. I've I've thought about doing this with America, like just sending the files to someone in America and having them do lots of fun. And I ended up not doing it because I wanted to check. I want to check every single one before I send yeah. them out. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a bit obsessive about that. I don't like selling stuff that I I haven't like looked at myself. But that that said, I, I think yeah, with with the increased kind of barriers to shipping, particularly with like Brexit and um, you know, things becoming much more expensive, that could be like a a useful strategy in the long run, I think. Yeah. I, and I think that's like, I know this person had said something about creating a, a central hub for something like that, like a, like a co-op, whatever it is. So mm. I, I'm throwing it onto this episode because I'm trying to get the idea out there into the world to people to think and get their creative juices. And so be like, Hey, I'm going to tackle this and make this happen. 
That way, yeah, all the sure. things that are just floating around in Europe that I have a harder time getting a hold of are easier accessible to me, and vice versa. <laughs> I think I think definitely it's it's worth looking at. I, I think the mo- the model of kind of like having hubs in each country and then conduits between them kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, that's a, I don't, that's a doable thing. Like you you know the economy of scale. The economy of scale means like if we can work out a system where we can move large amounts of them at once and then. Once it's at the hub in your country, it's easy for you to just buy one and like it'll be low kind of local postage. Like that that's definitely something we should work on, I think. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I think that could be an interesting thing to see happen. I and I wanted to get that idea out here where we're talking about. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. Well, here it is, everyone. <laughs> if you're listening to this, uh yeah, we need we need that system going. Someone someone figure out the logistics. We'll figure it out. It'll happen. Yeah, not not me. Not me. I'm not gonna figure out the logistics, but someone else can. Well, I've I've seen um, it mentioned you know. a few times now, and I'm sure someone's gonna gonna want to jump on that and think that they can they can they can accomplish it well with all the tools available digitally now and everything else. It's not it's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. We we you know, we can move stuff around so easily digitally and then it's it's just the physical stuff that's a bit more of a barrier, but I definitely not insurmountable. Are there any other zines that you're currently working on that we can expect to see here in the near future? Or what do you have in the pipeline? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so like for Starker Antipodes, we're going to have like a ton of stuff, um, like poetry, all that kind of stuff. Not just not just tabletop RPGs, because I think there's a big overlap between yes. you know, the audience for indie games and the audience for other kinds of like small, like very personal more like raw kind of like creative stuff and I, i'm really excited to be you know be a nexus for that for my own personal work um vaults of Von number four is going to be coming in uh july it should be july yeah yeah it's been it, it'll have been quite a while since number three but i've just had those other stuff i've been doing but i'm i'm really excited to get that out um i've started like drawing up the kind of uh, what do you call it the page plans and like the sketches and stuff so that's going to be a lot of fun to work on you're doing all the art art and the writing in those correct is that correct or do you have yeah that's that's correct yeah vault savant is uh, a one-man show for the entire thing i do the writing uh the, the graphic design the art uh i print it and like distribute it myself I, I like collaborating with other people, but also this is like my bone that i gnaw on basically like i i'm partly using it as a way of like uh, forcing all of my like skills to develop as well like I, I can't I can't rely on other designers I can't rely on like other people to do the logistics I've had to learn it all for myself and it to be honest I, I think that's worth pointing out if anyone's listening to this the best way of learning how to make zines to do art to write to do logistics and postage is to to make something that you're really enthused about and you will kind of find like where your skills are lacking or you don't know enough and it will you know, Vault Savant has really like forced me to expand my skill set. I, I wouldn't have been sitting here a year ago talking about a zine store because I was, you know, I was a create. I, I was like, oh, I'm a creative guy, but I don't know how to do logistics. I can't really do maths. The idea of like invoicing someone or like working out tax really bothered me. Like I wouldn't have wanted to do it. And I've been forced to learn to do it. And like now it's, I'm here, you know, so that's, been really positive i discovered zines quite a few years like back mostly in like info shops and stuff like that and then Mm. like like you i made like little comics and stuff coming up and like indie press comics and stuff like that when i was younger 
but I think there's definitely a boom, especially in the gaming industry and the zine scene, mm. and especially when it comes to independent creators and all the tools that we have at our disposal now. I think there's definitely a growing audience for this realm of gaming. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, obviously things come in and out of fashion. Um, I, I would say probably the the really obvious influence for me was like Mothership. Yes. Because uh, obviously that that that's in zine format Sean McCoy like the he made the kind of the player's survival guide and like sort of a I think it's like a5 like it's like a mix and printed zine that's been really successful and it kind of it kind of showed me like for me like enter the art and uh, the original one and yes. mothership were the two where I was like oh actually this is a whole game in really quite a small compact kind of booklet but it opened my eyes to like you know I it can be easy to get stuck in the idea that like, oh, making an RPG um, is like a big hardback book, like, you know, that you've got to spend like years making and printing out. And then I was like, oh, actually, I, I can make something like Mothership. Like, you know, I'm, I may not be as good of a graphic designer, but like I can definitely work in that kind of space. And I would imagine a lot of other people have like been thinking the same way. It, you know, I, I really can't praise the format enough Personally, I'm as you can see, I'm very, I'm very much a convert to it <laughs> because, like, you know, it's cheap to produce. As they're light, like you can mail them around pretty e very easily. Um, so they they have like that. They're, e they're quite easy to store if you've got like a, a box for them. I, I definitely think, like, yeah, on the indie side, you know, it, it's if you have an idea that you're thinking about, like, I would really, really recommend looking at like a small format kind of stapled booklet. Like, it's you know. Oh yeah. I, I think it's brilliant. I, I've been a long time proponent. I like when I first started the little game blog, I started focusing on this idea that I had of, of uh, open gaming where, where the community mm. had a lot more say in what it is we're creating and putting out. And I think that's yeah. embodied in this where we're all contributing and, and, and people are looking at other people's games and like, like, like into the odd is really influential and Karen's yeah. out and all these other ones were mothership and people are like, hacking the games and putting their own spins on them. I love it. It, it. it gives us power in the community to kind of make what we want. And everybody has something can contribute some creativity. You may only have 12 pages worth of creative things to say, and you can do a 12 page zine without having to put together a whole book. You may not have a whole book for the things you want to get out there. even. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I, I, you know, most people probably don't, and that's no bad thing either. Like, you know, most ideas, in my opinion, don't need like 200 pages, right? Right. Like, you know, sort of brevity is the soul of where, like, it's, can, can, I think condensing stuff and like cutting out what you don't need is like a really helpful exercise. Um, you know, the, the first vaults of Vaughn is like 48 pages, like A5. And that felt really restrictive in a lot of ways, but like you, you know, you really have to like get the most out of the space that you have. And that's, I think restrictions like that are actually, ironically for me like really liberating creatively creatively because you're kind of fighting you're fighting against the constraints and you're trying to work out what's like the most important stuff for me to include like what's what's really strong and like what can I maybe cut out and be like oh that's that's a blog post but I'm not going to put it in the actual booklet you know yeah um so that from that point of view I think creatively they're like I really enjoy them and there is also the thing of like setting yourself a kind of more achievable goal like the other reason I started doing them was like I'm working on a PhD at the minute and that's like a 
a long like arctic expedition <laughs> of a, a writing project you know it's a it's going to be like a hundred thousand words of like kind of academic like political science and I'm not going to be done for another couple of years so I really was like I just want a project that I can finish in like a month you know and like have that done and printed out and like oh yeah that, that's another really good thing yeah that's no doubt that's awesome that's awesome I that's cool you're working on a PhD I would love to go back and try to get a graduate degree I just don't I don't I I, I love school <laughs> it's so fun <laughs> i like reading no me too like, yeah, yeah i like reading and i like writing and i had looked at trying to because i didn't get a degree till i was in my late 30s oddly honestly um i actually got my degree then after my last divorce like i'm gonna go get that degree finally with the gi bill it's still going but i love it i absolutely love it i love i love research projects i love reading and i love writing so school works well for me and i can sit there and listen to especially if you have a political science class or a philosophy class or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting there with my notebook and just completely into it. Love that stuff. And you don't have to be a political science major or a PhD candidate in order to put together a zine. Though. <laughs> no, that, that was a very important. <laughs> yes. It, very, very, very little overlap there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Like the, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, you're um, we got we got a little derailed totally off the subject there for a minute. No. Yeah, I was I was about to start talking about my PhD, and then I was like, uh, that's not really on topic. Oh, you so go I'm for gonna, it. We'll stop. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bench that. All right. I, yeah, we I, like my exposure to like I said before, my exposure to a lot of zines like was either making stuff like like little comics hmm. and stuff, and then a lot of them were at like I said like info shops and places like that where people had all kinds of stuff or uh benefit shows where people would table and places like that and we would i'm in the iww and we put out a lot of little yeah. like zines about workplace organizing and stuff like that so i'd be i've cranked a hundred sure, of sure. those things out. i got my own little printers staplers and everything up here to kind of oh uh, cool <laughs> so but those aren't is those aren't these like now we see these uh like you have a real nice quality color printed zine whereas we're doing this with black and white <laughs> there's no well that that i mean that's another thing we could talk about at least like the printing and like i mean i, I think for me mixam has been the revelation where it's like it's quite high quality digital printing where you can kind of choose the batch size that you want and like you it, it has this very simple like interface to play around with so you can see exactly how much it's going to cost you like you know, for different options and different papers and stuff. And that, that's been like really helpful to me because I don't like getting too much in the weeds on that stuff. I just want to know, like, you know, if I make this in black and white, like how much is it going to be for like 200? Oh, there we go. That's it. So I can work out, <laughs> I can do that. But like, yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about taking the print of hell and kind of like trying to work out how to make my own stuff at home, you know, like cut like just on a on a kind of risograph or like something like that I, i'm definitely interested in that in the future yeah there's i've gotten some really nice zines done in like really good prints of all kinds of different styles of printing like you're talking about the risograph. Mm. like they, there's uh, they uh, some folks have been backing and getting little zines of do these little handcrafted zines that are all sewn together and they're beautiful and meticulous i uh, there's so many things you can do uh, and like I think I was starting to say before is it's it is an art and there's a lot of like yeah. like like it is like it, it's like when it comes to being collectibles there's so many creative wonderful things I know LFOSR is out here and I've yeah, picked yeah, up LF, some of theirs yeah. 
all the printing themselves, it really is like the focus is on putting a quality art material, like artistic product out there sometimes. Sometimes you're paying for not just the content, but like, oh, this is beautiful. I'm going to put this on my show. I, yeah, so I, I think that's another key thing because you, you asked earlier about why they're booming in popularity. And I actually I have some interesting thoughts. I think it's an interesting question. One of my thoughts is that like, we, I, I think ironically, as the internet and kind of digital life has like expanded and expanded over the last couple of decades, I know personally for me, and I think judging by the zine boom for other people, I've started to value physical like handcrafted objects more. Oh yeah. Like the internet and e-reading was supposed to kill prints. And like, in, in some ways, like I, I don't buy like kind of mass market paperbacks anymore because I have my e-reader for that. And I, I don't really miss having a bunch of like cheaply made kind of paperbacks around. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, like it kind of makes me value, like you said, with LS, LFOSR or like the kind of more the more from the more prestige end of zines to like the really scrappy like little cheap ones i like having something that you can actually touch and like it's not this kind of glowing like ephemeral like ghost on my screen that i'll just click x on and it's gone like you have a real like yeah artisanal object right and oh, yeah. i think that's how that's kind of held true across quite a few fields but like definitely that's i think that's part of it as well Oh yeah, no. That I'll, I'll be honest. When it comes to me, I'm a. I have I I have an e-reader, and I but I barely ever read digital anything. Like I'll read mm. through some blogs. Like I have I'm very set in my ways, and I need a book in front of me on my couch <laughs> and sit back. Like I just read better that way. I can do some um, novel type things on an e-reader sometimes, but vast majority of what I read isn't fiction to be honest either game yeah, sure. if it's fiction is game books or it's non-fiction a lot of my reading and that stuff especially i have a hard time reading it digitally so i'm oh yeah for sure i mean anything with illustrations is better in print in my opinion like the the the, the only argument i can i can really make for e-readers is uh something like if i'm reading a history book with just where there's, there's no pictures and it's just like it's going to be a huge brick that I'm carrying around. So I'm like, I just want it on the e-reader. But I'll be, yeah. but see, that's my, th I'm the opposite. Because if I got a history book and I got, or a philosophy book, okay, I, yeah. here's my thing is that I don't read, I read very ADHD and I flip, I jump around from section to section. Uh, okay. I check the references and I go to the next book. So I'm reading five books at once. That's hard for me to do digitally. I'm like, boo, boo, boo. I gotta be able to pick it up and flip. <laughs> yeah they yeah they haven't worked that one out yet they, they need like a little like fluffy like yeah now maybe some kind of maybe some kind of touch screen control you could like shake it they, i think i got some stuff on it but at the end of the day if i can just flip to the page i'm good <laughs> that's a bit off topic now go we're gonna go into the school discussion here eventually no it's inevitable so we're gonna we're coming close to to time yep. for this episode. So I'd like just yeah, before sure. we come there, I want to make sure you get a chance to tell all our listeners where they can find you online, um, all the all the websites, links, and everything else, and definitely the antipode zines, uh, the antipode. Yeah. So let could you let them know? Yeah, for sure. So if you're interested in Volts of Vaughn and my the kind of creative side of my writing and like artwork, uh, go to voltsofvaughn.com and that will kind of, that will fill you all in. And 
the vaults are run like the pdfs of those zines are free you don't have to pay any money for them and again if you go through the website you'll be able to find them and see if you like my stuff or not uh antipode zines obviously is the new store um if you go to antipodzines.com pretty simple <laughs> you'll be able to find the the web store um and I, I think i'd like to end by saying like no matter where you are like if you're in the u.s but you know particularly if you're in the u.s i'd love and you've got a zine you would like to sell me i would love to hear from you um if you go on the contact page in antipode zines and just shoot us a message like telling me kind of what your zine is like uh what the kind of wholesale price is which is like about half of what it should sell for in a shop and you know maybe a little bit about like how kind of how big it is and what format it is and i will get back to you and I, i'd love to hear from people and obviously i'm taking i'll take rpg zines but if you have a comic or poetry or art you know art photography or something else that i haven't even thought of <laughs> um i would love to hear from you and i'd love to sell your stuff so you all heard that. I know that we have a few creative types that listen to this and they're putting stuff out. So if you're interested in looking for a place to help distribute it, check it out. And we'll put yes. links in the show notes. As always, I'll try to get those in there. You can find us, Wobblies and Wizards, on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. And those of you that have one, well, want to thank you so much. Also, you can find us on wobbliesatwizards.com. I'm on the Twitter at LogarHailCrom, and keep those dice rolling. This is Logar, and I'm just going to do a quick plug here for our, our little podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into this and money out of our own pockets. So if you appreciate having a daily podcast about role-playing games with our specific bend, please go over to Patreon backslash Wobblies and Wizards, that's W-O-B-B-L-I-E-S-A-N-D-W-I-Z-A-R-D-S, and give us a little support.